All right. Well, thank you for having us here. My name is Amanda. This is my husband, TJ. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is kind of our uh, home church where I grew up and uh, where TJ was first employed in ministry and uh, who sent us out to our first full-time ministry position. So we've got a lot of history, a lot of roots, but we know a lot of you are new and we're strangers. Um, but that is a little bit who we are. And we're really happy to be here and we're thankful to share the Sunday with you because it is National Pray for Camp Day. So if you've seen some stuff around the church and you're like, what's going on? This is what's going on. It is National Pray for Camp Day. And so we're really happy to be here. We're going to share about not just our camp, but camp. And uh, we're also bringing like the message. So it's not just like a camp promo. We actually have something on our hearts that as we've been working on it has been very, very profound for us. And it's going to tie into what the Lord is doing here. Um, it's really good. So just really briefly, um, if you're not familiar, Gimli Bible Camp is um, coming up on 96 years, 95. We're in year 95 of ministry. Now, we are just coming into our third year, so not that we take any credit for that, but as we come in and look at this ministry, there's a longevity there, and we believe 100% that it is because over all of the years, Gimli Bible Camp has kept the gospel and the word the center. It's not high thrills. It's not flashy. Uh, it hasn't gotten sidetracked. It hasn't gotten soft in the message, if you understand my meaning. Um, it's, it's powerful. They have kept the gospel, and they have kept the word of God central, and it's 95 years old, and we're really excited to come in and be a part of it. Um, so really briefly, the history, it was started by a man named Lloyd Hunter, who's um, a believer, and he was in Winnipeg, and he found himself on the streets of Winnipeg, and he shared the gospel with a man who was a homeless um, drunk, and he shared the gospel with him, and this man's heart was touched by Jesus, and he was forever changed. Um, but there was this sadness that they had, and um, Lloyd, as he was processing this, was like, this man has come to Jesus after a wasted lifetime. There is so much pain and addiction and suffering and um, hurt that he's caused. Like, what a loss. Like, we need to start reaching the kids before they get here. So this is actually where the vision started. The vision started street ministry to the people most destitute. And his heart was to give the gospel um, to kids particularly and youth who had the least access to it. And that was the birth of Gimli Bible Camp, which at the beginning was a CCSM camp, which just means uh, Canadian Sunday School Mission. So that's a little history of the of the uh, ministry that we're working for. And really quick, um, I know they're waiting for this and they're really excited. I just love for my Gimli Bible Camp staff to stand up. Where? Okay. Thank you. You guys can sit down. So they came with us, and I just want you to kind of have an idea what their faces are, because right at the end, we're going to give you a little task to go and bombard them with. Um, and then also, can we have you stand from Calvary if you have served in any capacity? Maybe you came in, worked in the kitchen or maintenance. If you have served at Kim Gimli Bible Camp in these last couple years, or if you're planning to this summer, if you've signed up. So from Calvary, there are a bunch. Okay? Yeah, there's some. Yes. Adina, you too. Okay. 
Um, there's, yeah, anyway, there's a few. I think some of you are being too shy. Um, but anyway, we're starting to um, kind of get uh, you guys drawn in, and we're hoping that it's catchy. Uh, we're hoping that more and more of you are going to start coming. All right, so Amanda was saying today's National Prayer for Camp Day. Um, and we're really excited about that. And we got a short, just a little promo video we're going to play shortly for you. On that's made by One Hope Canada, but it's for all camps. Um, and I just want to share with you guys, although we're representing Gimli Bible Camp, and that's where our heart is, the camps in Manitoba, the Bible camps, we're on a team, we're united together, and it's so exciting to be on mission together in Manitoba. We're united in presenting the gospel and discipling kids and teens into the kingdom. So we get lots of events together as camp leaders right across Manitoba. We'll gather together um, where we will pray for one another, where we'll equip one another, challenge one another, pray, fellowship, have fun together. So the camps in Manitoba, we're a team. We're working together. I know lots of you have connections at different camps. So we're united in, in spreading the gospel and sharing the good news Absolutely. We just love it so much. So it would be so good if you had a good experience um, at camp as a kid or you're seeing some really positive things out of your out of your kids who are going to camp. Let the camps know. Encourage them. Um, send out an email. Give them a call. Encourage the leaders there. We really need the encouragement. Um, camp ministry is really tough. We're in pretty dark days. Um, we're just out there being a light and putting a target on her back quite often. But we're out here. We want to preach the gospel. We want to be a light in darkness. Um, so let me just pray for all the camps going into this year, and then we'll play this video right after I'm done praying. Oh, dear Jesus, it's so good to be here. Lord, we just love you, and we love what you do through camp ministry. Lord, we just love the opportunity to get kids and youth and young adults and people in the church and seniors down to camp. Lord, where kids can come and learn about you. They can be challenged in their faith. They can hear the gospel for the first time. Lord, you can work in their hearts, God, and we can disciple believers. Lord, we can challenge them in their faith. God, encourage them to go back to their churches and to grow, Lord, and we're just so grateful for your plans, Lord. So we just pray you would provide in wonderful ways for all the camps this summer in Manitoba. Would you give them what they need, Lord? Would you build their faith, Lord? And we just pray that so many kids would come to know you as their Savior this summer, Lord. Amen. Alrighty. So there's two two things I just want to pull out of that video. There's one line that I just really love in it. Um, and it's the church enthusiastically gets behind him or her coming to camp. And oh, I just love that. It's like us at Gimli Bible Camp, we need the church in such a big way, right? And you guys are sending some young people, sending some seniors, and they need your support. They need your prayer. They need your love. They need your encouragement. And it goes beyond camp as well, right? You see young people, you see seniors in your church doing good works, um, doing things for Jesus, whatever it is, we need to encourage them. Say, hey, I've seen you doing that, and that's awesome, right? The church needs to get behind people who are active, and you're going to encourage and spur one each other on um, to the good works for the kingdom, and that's really cool. Um, yeah, and Gimli Bible Camp, we need the church in a really big way. We really, really do. Um, I know the churches reap a lot of fruit from serving at camps, and we also reap a lot of fruit um, when the churches get behind ministries like Gimli Bible Camp. Um, so, so far, we have six people coming from Calvary Chapel this summer, and more have been talking to us, and we're just excited about this thing stirring up. Um, and I know some more of you are interested. So we need lots of help, um, just all positions. Again, you've heard me talk about camp and just the beautiful thing it is. 
um, that all talents and skills and gifts and abilities can come to camp. Um, and those who are really strong in their faith, and even if you're a new Christian, there's a spot for you to come and grow and be challenged in your faith and see God work in really awesome ways. Um, and also, I just want to Put a, put a quick note in here. So Mason is coming to camp for four months. He's been working with us already, and we're so grateful for Mason. Thank you for coming. Um, and he's taking a leap of faith. Uh, he's right in between Bible college years two and three. So instead of going, working, getting lots of money this summer, he's like, I'm going to go work at Gimli Bible Camp and just trust the Lord to provide what I need. So if it's on your heart, he needs some support. We're so grateful he's here. He's helping take a lot of a lot of stuff off my plate. I'm so grateful for him. So touch base with him. Um, we need you guys also praying for us. And that's, that's a really big one. And that's a big part of today uh, is pray for camp days. So I have posters around the building. So after the service, please just go to the posters, pray for it. We have bookmarks. We'll get to that. We just need you guys praying for us so, so much. Um, there is a lot of hurt and pain and suffering in the kids' lives that come to Gimli Bible Camp. There is a lot of darkness. There is a lot of darkness in their lives. So at a weekend retreat this year, um, a girl was sharing a story um, about a lot of hardships in her life, really hard things to hear. Uh, and the cabin leader said, like as she was sharing, I was looking around the cabin Right, And you can just tell by the faces. It's like lots of them have experienced this. Um, and that can be really heavy on cabin leaders, right? Hearing really tough stories about things that shouldn't happen. Um, and it's hard on the cabin leaders, right? And it's just this darkness. And we need prayer because prayer comes in, right? And the Holy Spirit moves and Jesus wants to move in these kids' lives. And he wants to rescue them, right? But there can be just real hardship in that. Um, and then the second part in the video uh, is just the hope of the cycle of kids getting saved, finding faith in Jesus, getting plugged into the church. And we see that at Gimli Bible Camp, and we've seen it for decades. And it's such an amazing thing. It's faith-inspiring, but at the same time, when you're in the moment, when you're in all the brokenness and hurt, sometimes it's all you can see. And we have to remind ourselves how faithful the Lord is uh, working in these kids' lives. So I just want to share a few quick stories throughout the decades of Gimli Bible Camp. So this one's from the 30s, 40s. It was a little boy named Henry. Grew up on the farm. Uh, He had to memorize 500 Bible verses to get to Gimli Bible Camp for free. So that was the cost. We knew kids couldn't afford it, but they had to memorize their verses to come. So memorized his 500 verses, came to camp, found a relationship with Jesus, obviously. He's just immersed in the Word. Um, He's just so focused on loving these kids and showing them the hope of Jesus. Uh, So the Lord is just stirring in his heart. Um, and just, yeah, reading through his testimony and stories is really cool. So Henry went on to start Briarcrest College um, in Saskatchewan, and he was the first president there for 30, 40 years, just a long legacy of developing um, disciples, right, and sending out missionaries and just the passion and fire that was there. Uh, so we have a board member on our board right now who came to know Jesus in the 70s or 80s at Gimli Bible Camp, really broken home and just loved coming to camp. It was a safe place. And just year after year, we poured in love to him and shared the good news, right? Came to find Jesus, and we just can't get him off the board now. He's like, he's there for life, right? Because Jesus did awesome things in his heart at Gimli Bible Camp, and he wants to give back now. And he wants us to stay true to the mission that we share the good news. And it's so cool. Uh, We have a cabin leader who's been, uh, who came as a little kid, 
And just hearing her director talk about her as she came as a little girl, it's really funny because she was just a fireball and so much so much of a problem all the time. And her grandma, she came, she came from another province because her mom wanted her out of the house for summer. Too much problems. And grandma tried to get her out to camp as much as possible because she's too much trouble in the house. So yeah, Gimli Bible Camp, we take those kind of kids. Too much problem at home, just send them to camp. Um, so anyways, year after year, I, had, I got a chance to talk with her. And just year after year, right, the Lord did a little bit in her life. It wasn't just instantly one summer, but the Lord just kept speaking his truth. And she started wrestling with it. And she came to the place that's like, yeah, Jesus is real. And he's my savior, but it only feels real at camp, right? Because this is my safe place, right? This is where people come and love me. Um, and I hear the good news and I worship. And I go back home, right? And it's so hard to just continue on there. But the Lord is just faithful. And she kept coming back and then... It's like, Lord, I just, I need your help, right? It's like, I want to follow you beyond just the camp summer and stuff. And she took a step of faith, um, and she went to a YWAM, and the God just did amazing things in her heart. And now she's in her mid-20s, and again, she comes every year to Gimli Bible Camp at least a week, wanting to do more um, to serve and, again, to just share with the, good, with the kids the good news that was shared with her, right? Just the burden in her heart to share um, what, what, yeah, just what Jesus has done in her life. Uh, so more recently, um, yeah, again, another, another kid growing up in a broken home, doesn't live with his parents, lives with his grandparents, um, in the city, uh, and just really like this guy. He's, he's leader material, and man, does he need Jesus to just do a lot of work in his heart, but his passion is there, and he wants to follow Jesus. Uh, and he told me last year, it's like, TJ, I want to lead your leadership development program. And it's like, I believe it. Right? I believe it. This guy, he's got it. And I think it's like we need five years at least for God just to do amazing stuff in his heart. Right? And just get his life set. But his heart's there. And I believe he'll do it. And that's so exciting for me to see these kids who are broken. Right? And they don't have things together at all. But their heart's in the right place. And God is going to direct their paths and their footsteps. This guy's going to be a leader one time at camp. And who knows where the Lord will send him after. I'm excited about that. Uh, this Easter, we got to see two of our campers baptized in a church. Again, growing up, broken home in the city, low income, right? And JL, our discipleship director, who's here today, just faithfully discipling them throughout the year. And there's a hunger in their hearts to read the word and be challenged in the faith. And they come to camp, right? And they're asking questions. And we're digging into the Bible together. And JL's been bringing them to church, right? It's such a need for our campers. Once they're saved at camp, let's get them into churches, um, and it's amazing to hear their testimonies of what Jesus is doing in their lives, right? How Jesus has saved them and how they chose to get baptized and how they chose to be committed to that church now. It's so cool. So there's a common theme in all these stories. You know, they're introduced to the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel is powerful. Jesus is working today. And they've spent a lot of time in the Bible, right? From the early decades, memorizing 500 verses to get to camp. Right, And I wish we still did that today, and maybe we'll toy around with that idea a little bit. Um, but for we do a thing, cabin points, and the campers have to memorize verses, and they get more points. And it's like, so all these stories I listed, whenever cabin points are up, man, these kids are memorizing verses. They power out the points. It's amazing how much they can memorize in a week, and just getting the Word of God in them, knowing how powerful it is in their lives. It's so, so cool. Uh, so I just love, I really, really love how the Lord is stirring up a heart in young people to get back into the Word, right, and to study it, and to chew on it, and be challenged by it. I was in a youth leader training session, um, and I feel really intrigued by what I heard. The main point was this, is that we try to simplify the Bible too much for young people. We try to make it too understandable and explain some things away, um, 
the Bible is complicated, and we need to wrestle with it intently, right? We need to read the Word and be challenged by it and read it intensely. We don't need to defend the Bible. We don't need to defend it to unbelievers, right? Because it's the Word of God, and it will stand strong. But we need to bring people to it. We need to bring people to Jesus and help them wrestle through the challenging ideas, so when campers come to camp and they got these questions, we can give answers as cabin leaders, right? But how much more powerful if we can bring them to the source of all answers, we can bring them to Jesus, we can open the word and show them the answers out of the Bible, and they can go to the source of life themselves. So the words are active and alive through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing about the word is that young people can read it and understand it. We see that with our daughter Jade as she's reading the Bible and she's getting it. You know, and seniors can read it and get it and be challenged, and you can just read it over and over and over, and you just see how it's alive, it's active, it changes us, it's so cool. Uh, so here's a quote by Charles Spurgeon I really like, and I'll pass it off to Amanda. We'll go back and forth a little bit more. But it's just, the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose, and the lion will defend itself. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here, but it really does all tie in. And um, like I said, I'm really hoping that the Holy Spirit's going to tie these things in for us because we're kind of talking about camp, um, but I don't want to lose you because what we're really talking about here, what we're really talking about is the gospel and the word. And yes, uh, our lives right now are immersed in the camp ministry, um, but we're going to get a little bit more to that later. It's just one of the tools, but really what we want to talk to you guys about is the word and is about sharing the gospel. Um, but before we get there, I have a little um, object lesson that I want to share with you. Um, that's something that's been um, on my heart um, in the last year or so, especially with the things that we're dealing with in today's present culture, kind of the some of the hot-button topics. And um, I just want to take you to Deuteronomy. Uh, it's in ch- it's chapter 4 and 5. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite long. Um, but basically, it's talking about the story of Israel. Has They have been captives. They've been slaves in Egypt. And God rescues them. He takes them out of Egypt. And then he takes them to the wilderness. And then he pulls their leader, Moses, aside. And he takes them up a mountain. And what does he do? Anyone? He gives them the word. He gives them commandments. Now, when I prepare this, I find that I've, I've been looking also in uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. I think it's 176 verses, if I'm right. And the whole theme of uh, Psalm 119 is his laws, his commandments, his rules, his precepts, his statutes, his, I think I said commands, but... Um, anyway, they're good and they're pure and they're worthy and they're life-giving. And this whole gigantic psalm is just praise and worship to the God who loves us enough to give us boundaries. Now, the generation that is coming up is being encouraged to get rid of all boundaries. And I just want to show you, I want you to see that true love gives boundaries. A parent who truly loves their children doesn't let them do whatever they want. There are boundaries that are put in place. And we all know, we can all think of 
that kid, you know, maybe it's yours, maybe you wouldn't admit that. Sometimes it's mine, I can admit that. But sometimes we all have seen what happens. And you know what, we see it at camp. We see kids that come and they say things like, well, yeah, I'm up till like, I usually stay up till two in the morning on my tablet and I just go to bed when I fall asleep. Because they actually live with no boundaries. Their parents really let them do whatever they want. And it's not good. They actually destroy themselves. We are all like that. So God rescues this people from Egypt and he brings them to the wilderness and he gives them commandments and rules and statutes and he says this is how you're going to live he said to them in deuteronomy 5 6 i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt out of the land of slavery and then it goes on and he gives them the commandments and then at the end of the chapter in verse 32 it says so be careful to do what the lord your god has commanded to you to do do not turn aside to the right or to the left Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. So the boundaries that he gave us were for their good. They're for our good. And I just want to say that we've seen, not necessarily just at Gimli Bible Camp, but over the years working with in youth groups and just the different places we've been, when you have people who have no, their, their lives are godless and and uh, they come and they hear about Jesus and they know about Jesus, they actually understand quite immediately that their lives need to change and that they need to come into these boundaries. And they actually don't buck as hard as the kids that come from church and they've grown up knowing these boundaries. And those are the ones that want to push and they want to get away from it and they want to stretch it and they want to get as close to all those lines. And uh, so I just, I have a caution, like this is, so this is something that I shared with our teens, but this is for all of us. I would have a caution for you, and I would invite you to ask the Holy Spirit if this um, worldly thinking has come into your hearts at all, or come into the church at all. It is in the church, um, but I just invite you, um, Calvary Church, to process this and see where we're at. So just as a way to example, uh, give an example for this, Um, I have these plants, and they're in some dirt, and they're in these nice little pots. And so this is like a picture for you of the good boundaries that God gives us. And I really like this lesson. I really like any lesson where I get to swing a hammer. This is the only lesson that I have that I get to swing a hammer. But I really like it. So um, this is God's boundaries on our life. Uh, They're good for us. He knows what we need. He knows how we need to thrive Um, He tells us how to live. He tells us morality. Now, let me just pause here. I'm not talking about earning our salvation. I'm not talking about righteous living for the sake of righteous living. But I am talking about living in a way that pleases God and actually produces an environment where we can grow and where we can thrive. But the world right now is saying, listen, don't let anyone... Oh, these things are strong. They're stronger. Oops. Okay, the trade didn't totally work. I'll get that later. Don't worry, maintenance people. I'll get that. Anyway, the world is saying, listen, don't let anyone tell you who you, what you need to do. You know, you need to, how could anybody tell you what's right and wrong for you? You need to get rid of all of these boundaries. You need to make these decisions for yourself there. And then the world says, there, I've set you free. You're free. Go. You're free. There's no more boundaries to hold you back. You're free. But you guys, we look and we see this. We, you know, we wonder, like, 
Why are we so anxious and depressed? Why aren't we thriving? Why are we all limp and fruitless? Well, it's actually because we have rebelled against God. It's because we rebel against the way that he asked us to live our lives. And you guys, it's not all right. And we, as believers, need to be very careful not to soften the truth. We need to love with boundaries the way that the God of heaven loves me and you and loved the Israelites, and he gave them boundaries. I would rather be in the safety of my Lord's God-given, like the God-given boundaries over my life, because I know that he's the one who created me. And he's the one who's going to hold things together and put me in a place where I can grow and thrive and be healthy. And no, it's not health and wealth gospel. It doesn't mean everything's going to be awesome. But you know what? It's not this. It's not this. We are not freed by casting off God's boundaries. And so this hammer represents the generation we're in and the rebellion in our own hearts. We can't just blame it on everything external either the rebellion is in our own hearts to cast it off so before i give it back to tj i'm going to share a verse um, that is so profound and really sums this up really nicely it's psalm 119 verse 45 i will walk about in freedom for i have sought out your precepts i will walk about in freedom for i have sought out your precepts This is so backwards from what the world is saying. The world is saying, walk away from precepts. That will free you. And look, this plant is free. That's true. Look, it's free. Right? (laughs) If any of you are true plant lovers here and you're really cringing, I welcome you to come and rescue this plant when you're done. It's going to be okay. Um, But listen, I will walk around in freedom. For I have sought out your precepts. And again, bringing this back to what we're talking about, this is bringing not only kids at camp, guys, but this is bringing yourself and your families. This is bringing our lives into the word. We need to know and we need to get ourselves back into line. So I just encourage you and invite you to process your own heart and see if there's any of this thinking in in our churches, in our own hearts, where we are trying to cast off the precepts of the Lord. All right, so we have another object lesson for you, and this one's a little bit less exciting, but this one includes a craft that we're sending home with you guys. So there's the trade-off. And just great thing about camp, right? Object lessons and crafts and just love the ministry and the different things that we do to interact with kids, right? And it's just so cool. So when I first came to Gimli Bible Camp, I had to take a few training courses. Um, And one of them was just talking about, like, the structure of of One Hope Canada and what that kind of looks like. Um, and one of their, one of their um, object lessons that they, they talked to us about was the sandbox. So I got a little sandbox up here. I was hoping to bring some sand from Gimli here and kind of make it the real deal. But we didn't get that far. Maybe next time. Um, but this is the analogy about the sandbox. So everyone enjoys playing in a good sandbox. The sandbox represents the space that our structure creates for each ministry point to build something amazing for the glory of God and the furthering of his kingdom. The mission's role with the sandbox is twofold. So the first one, provide the sides or edges to this very big sandbox. And two, provide tools and training so that our ministry points can effectively and enjoyably build in the sandbox. Right? So One Hope Canada lays out a big sandbox for us. Say, here's the rules and guidelines. You guys got to stay in here, and then you have all the tools and toys you want 
to build up, to bring glory to God, to build the kingdom with our unique ministry points. It's really cool. So taking a closer look at the edges or sides of the sandbox, um, one, one discovers that we already discussed two of them. So our purpose and our core values. So these are two of the sides that we have at Gimli Bible Camp on our sandbox. And I lost my spot. So our purpose and core values. So purpose is a side, core values is a side. So what does it mean to have our purpose and core values as two sides of the sandbox? It means that these are edges or boundaries that the ministry at each ministry point can never cross. So just here's a quick example of it, what it looks for Gimli Bible Camp. Let's say a camp decides to cancel all chapels with the reasoning that campers can discover God through nature, which is true. But as a mission, we would say this is outside the sandbox because chapel times are an integral way we fulfill our purpose, presenting the gospel and living out one of our core values, the centrality of the gospel. However, the mission will never provide a chapel outline that has to be followed or the number of songs that should be sung because that, along with hundreds of other decisions, are to be made by the ministry point as they build inside the sandbox. So as Amanda just demonstrated with the pots, um, as you can clearly see by the smash pot, we need boundaries in our lives, right? They keep us safe and they keep us on mission, right? And they don't actually restrict us, but they bring life to our lives. So this is an activity that you can tackle by yourself. Do you want to pull that out? Um, yeah, this is an activity that we have there in the front. So if there's still some left, please grab one. Um, and prayerfully, with a lot of discussion, you know, have a conversation. So if it's by yourself, get a friend. If you've got a family, get together, discuss with your family. Um, what boundaries has God put around your family? Like, what, what are the guardrails in your family? Discuss that. And then go on, like, what are the tools that God has equipped our family with that we can build in his kingdom and bring glory to his name and share the good news. Um, so I'll give you an example from our family. So yesterday at breakfast, I had this conversation with our kids. because It's always good to try something with your family first before presenting it to everyone, right? So these are the four boundaries that our kids came up with. And our oldest is nine, um, and our youngest is one years old. We got four of them. And it was good. It was a conversation that needed lots of direction and guidance, but there's some really good fruit that came out of it, right? Because they're first picking out, like, we shouldn't lie. And these things, right? Like the commandments, and there's these things. And it's like, well, there would be very interesting sandbox that we can't lie, and we can't steal things, and, right? Close off that sandbox really quick, and we need bigger picture here. So these are the four boundaries we came up with. The first one is love. We want to love one another like God loves us, right? So as soon as we're, like, mean to our brothers or sisters, stuff like we're stepping outside of that boundary, right? Kids playing soccer at Gimli, and they're playing on the play structure, and it's like, oh, you're throwing gravel at another kid. We're stepping outside that boundary because we want to be a light, right? We want our kids to be a light in the community, and we want to love well, and that's one of our boundaries. Uh, Another one is we want to read and follow the Bible, right? So we get together um, in the evening. We do devotions with kids. We want to read the Bible, right? And we want it to be seeded into their hearts, right? And again, when we had this conversation, it's like those are the things that were coming out, right? Like things we read in the Bible, these were the boundaries they were thinking of. We see it there. We want to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, We want to eat good food. We want to push our kids outside lots. We want to be careful what gets into their heart, right? Content and stuff. We want to be really careful with that. It's a boundary we want to watch. Um, Another one is submission. So that will look different as our kids grow up. And maybe some of these things in our sandbox will change. And it's just an ongoing conversation too, 
Um, but we want our kids to obey mom and dad, right? Because we lived life, the Bible says it, we want to guide them and direct them. We want to correct them. And that goes for me and Amanda as well, right? We want to be involved in the church. We want to submit to the church, to mentors. We want to be accountable. We want people to walk with us and keep us um, in that boundary. Um, and then one of the tools that God has given our family again is our ranch, Rise Again Ranch, right? So just our heart to have this space to get the campers from Gimli Bible Camp, from the cities. Many of them have not interacted with animals. Down to our place. Open up our property and just get them interacting with animals, stuff like that, and hoping to be more intentional with the gospel and that. But it's one of the tools, and our kids are so excited, you know, when it's camp day at our house, when the kids come down, right? And just also opening the doors to whoever wants to come, right, and interact with horses, right, have a, have a hot dog roast to things like that. It's like we have an open door and we want to interact with people. And that's one of the tools in our sandboxes. All right, so finally, I'm going to take you on another um, little section, uh, which would be something that we would do as our discipleship training or leadership training. Um, so with the staff, again, and just to reiterate the tools thing, so like all of these things that are around like archery um, or like water sports or camping, all of these things are just tools. The truth is, is that none of our kids are becoming uh, champion archers after camp and going and, you know, cleaning up at competitions because the Gimli Bible Camp skill set development program is really awesome. The truth is it's pretty, it's pretty rough, but that's because you get the point. It's not about archery. It's not about water sports. These are just tools in the sandbox. These are just tools that we've been given to play with, to bring people, uh, bring the kids specifically into a conversation with their cabin leaders. And so this is really primarily where we want the gospel to be. Yes, they hear it in chapel. Okay. Yes, they hear it in chapel, but it's also we want it to come up in conversations uh, between them and adults. And this is relevant, so pay attention, because I've been spying on Calvary, uh, listening to some of the sermons, and I heard Vince uh, share his sermon and his, his desire to get you onto the streets sharing the gospel. And I would also just say to you, just to, to add or to, like, to, to push you forward in that, uh, don't take the way out and just invite them to church. I feel like I grew up where evangelism looked like inviting your friend to church or inviting your friend to youth group. And that was like, yeah, I shared my faith with her. I invited her to youth. But really, it's like the open door is Jesus, right? The open door is the gospel. So take this challenge and pray for your city and get out there and be ready to actually share the gospel. Now, that sounds scary because we're like, well, that's for evangelists. Um, but actually, that's for you. And I'm just going to share with you what we would share with our staff to prepare them um, because it's easy to get overwhelmed with the task. I didn't come up with these things. The first one is the Romans Road. Have any of you heard of the Romans Road? So there are about uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's five passages all in Romans that actually are really good if you think that you could put some time in and memorize five verses. These Roman roads verses are a very easy way to walk someone through the message of the gospel. So I'll read through them real quick for you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm actually going to tag in our other one. So in these little um, craft kits... <laughs> 
which are Ziploc bags, but our craft kits, um, take um, a bookmark, which has the 10 prayer points for camp, and there's also a string in there, and there are three little beads in there, which you get to go home, and on your own or with your family, you paint them, these three colors. We did not provide the paint. I'm so sorry. You can use Sharpie or whatever you have. Um, But these three colors, so this is one of the ways um, that is easy to remember and it's easy to walk a person through and just explain the gospel. Black, red, and white. And I'm going to tag it in here with the Romans road. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The good news about Jesus starts with bad news. That's the black bead. We are in trouble. Our hearts are full of sin and we are separated from God and we can't do anything about it. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. We're on our way to being punished, and we deserve it. The world doesn't like to tell people that. The world likes to tell them, you don't deserve anything bad, but we do. We are bad, and we deserve to be punished, and that is bad news, guys. And the good news of the gospel starts with bad news, and that is represented by the color black. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that is represented by the color red, and the color of the red bead that you will paint or color, is the sacrifice that Jesus made to clean us from our sins because he was sinless and he died to take on our sins and he washed us and brought us out of that dark place. If you, Romans 10, 10, 9 to 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth he is made confession is made unto salvation so that is represented by the color red and then finally therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god this white bead represents a brand new life with jesus where we have been made right with god and we have been made to have peace with god through our lord jesus christ so please take a bookmark color these three beads to remind yourself of the good news of the gospel and also practice it because you know what, when you give when you give out these water bottles, you can be sharing, not just come to church, but you can share the gospel. Now that is kind of based on scripture, and this is a way to share the gospel that's very, very personal. It's the I was, now I am method. I didn't make this up, but it's actually really easy because all of you can do this. So I did this so that you guys could go ahead and take a nice screenshot or write this in your journal, and you can practice this. So for example, it would sound like this. I was so angry and unable to forgive. I was full of bitterness. So I would say angry, bitter, unforgiving. But through Jesus, now I am free from bitterness. I have forgiven those who have wronged me, and God has given my life a purpose. That would be something like how I would fill this out, and that's easy to share. So you would fill this out, three words, three words. And it's not the end, but it's your personal testimony. And it immediately connects you to the person you're talking about because they might be able to relate to one of these. And it will spark hope that maybe they could feel or be one of these. And that we show them that the difference, that what, what made the difference was Jesus. People can live a long time without food. People can live for a while without water. But people cannot exist without hope. Hopelessness kills. And so we need to know how the gospel affected our lives. So have some thinking about this. It might sound like some other ones might sound like I was so anxious and fearful, but because of Jesus, I have peace now and I have joy. 
yes, it's not the full picture, but it's, it's a piece of your testimony and it starts a conversation that they really need to hear. And you'll relate to them and you'll show them hope through Jesus. This is something that I picture actually working really well in a street setting. When people say, hey, what's the, what's the deal with your t-shirt or what's with the water? You can say, I'm, it's because I was this, but because of Jesus, I am this. And they're going to think about that thing. And so this is what we want our cabin leaders to be equipped with so that when they are doing all of these fun things, they're playing with the tools in our toolbox, these are the kinds of conversations they're having. And this is relevant for you because you can be having these conversations too. All right, so we're going to wrap up here. Um, hopefully you were encouraged and spurred on. Um, and I just want to invite you guys now just to pray for us. So during the last worship song and even after, again, we got lots of posters out in the hallway with different prayer points. You got them on your bookmarks and stuff. We just, we really need to be covered in prayer. You could pray for Gimli Bible Camp, pray for other camps um, in Manitoba as we go out and share the good news and we're intentional with that message. And we just have such a hunger and a heart for discipleship, for getting people into the church, getting our kids and youth into the church, serving getting them on mission and just seeing that cycle and how it goes. It's a beautiful thing. And we're just excited as well for you, Calvary Church. Yeah, with the event coming up in summer in the city for this to happen as well, right? For you guys to go out to be light in a dark place, to share your story, share about Jesus, right? And for Jesus to save people and bring them in and just to see that cycle go. It's so, so exciting how faithful God is at building his church, building his kingdom, the tools at it. So I just invite you again, please pray for us during the worship in your hearts. Um, feel free to come pray for our staff. Um, anyone coming to Gimli Bible Camp, we need so much prayer. So I'd just love to pray a blessing over you, and then the worship team can come up. And uh, yeah, continue on. Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, your church. Oh, God, we just love your church, and we thank you for the plans you have for it, how you're building it here, God, how we're built on the rock. God, we thank you for camp ministry, God, and for all the camps across Manitoba who are going to share your good news this year, Lord, who are going to disciple kids. Lord, we're so excited about it. Lord, we know the harvest is so plentiful, and the workers are few, God. So would you just convict hearts today, Lord, to, to serve at camps, to serve in this ministry, to share the good news Lord, we thank you for summer in the city coming up, and we just pray you would as well make, make this church bold, Lord, to share your goodness and bring you glory. Amen.